Okay. Yep. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one comedy business podcast and the number one business comedy podcast in the world. Uh, former guest, uh, Vadim Davidoff, just sent us a thing, a pedometer. Oh, don't put it out there. Yeah, That's I'll put it out there. Step in. Oh, man. You gotta, no, you got to get an invite. That's the deal. I don't have an activation code, but uh, make money off your, off your steps. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. Look. We can put it out there. We'll see how many people act on it. Um, we are 2021's best uh, podcast and streaming entertainment studio, Eastern United States Media Inventor Award, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. 2021, hosted by Corporate what? Vision Magazine. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give that review five stars, subscribe, rate, review, all that goodness. And then, look, if you really care about us, do you? Do you really care about us? Suck my pussy from behind. Yeah. Do that like Do Lizzo. Do that to us. Do that to us. Uh, you can listen like Lizzo, and you can share this with a friend that... I'm going to come. Likes a little pragmatic business advice with dick jokes. Real raw dog talk. Uh, uh, our episode sponsors, uh, Viome's Gut Intelligence Test and Supplements. With our link in our uh, description, you can get 70% off a gut biome test by Viome. It'll hook you up with health insights, personalized food recommendations, and precision supplements formulated just for you. You want to know that flora and fauna? You want to know what gets you inflammation? Yeah. I need to know. Uh. It might be all those ho-hos I'm I'm ho-hoing down. Uh, Man, I'm going through puberty. We better get this party started. Honey, Tony. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. What about my sweat equity? Is that one of my long gray hairs on your, uh, <laughs> on your laptop somehow? Because I don't think that's, that's the only that's the it's not your ladies. I don't no, think she has any. Polly's isn't that long. Maybe it is Polly's. Well, there he is. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Good, good. We're good. How are you? It's Monday, man. You know, uh, but it's a good Monday, so can't complain. Appreciate well, you guys having me on. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're we're going, man. So we don't do any uh, we don't do any preface or anything. We yeah. just get right into it. Works for me, man. I mean, I, I listen to some of the pods today. I uh, I pale in comparison, but I appreciate it. So I definitely uh, cracking up during. Well, I like this guest. I, yeah, no, I was confirming earlier, and I was like, "Oh, the rare guest that's actually listened to the episodes before Whoa. coming on." Now I'm nervous. We're tickled pink, man. <laughs> I just talked to Leland today too. Actually, while you remember him, yeah, you don't know Leland, yeah. uh, our mutual friend. That's how we got connected originally. I think. Um, you know, when okay, him- well, so let's get this out of the way right out of the gate. Uh, did Law do any work for you? <laughs> he couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pasha, it's Pasha? Am I- yeah, it's Pasha. Yeah, cool. he did, actually. He helped me, you know, back when I started. Are we live on this? Oh, or- we're going. No, no. Well, I mean, we're not. We're, like, not, okay. we're not live streaming, but we're, we're but live recording. on tape. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, Raw helped me out probably like five or six years ago. I was really a solo solo marketer in my current agency. And so, you know, I mean, five, six years ago, you couldn't pop on a podcast and talk to Chris Walker, right? 
you couldn't hop into Rev Genius and be like, hey, I, I have questions. So put me in touch with Law. He helped me out. And then he got a job pretty much right after. So Oh, that's that was, right. Uh, that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when I went to work as the president of the Florida Markets for right. Marketing Department, Inc. Yeah. You were over yourself and that was it. Yeah. Right? No, I just remember being – I remember talking to you. Uh, on the phone when the I think the Rays were in the playoffs or something. It was real late at night uh, talking Facebook ads while in the gym. That's You're my... probably at the game. No. I actually re- – it's funny. I vividly remember that. I don't know what that says about my life, but I do – I remember that. I, I definitely remember you, like, working out. Uh, we always talk about <laughs> yeah. hours. So. Well, I, I, I get – I actually get my best ideas if I'm doing some physical activity. It's weird. It's like uh, if I have a joke I'm working on or something businessy kind of thing – like a problem, like I'll either go for a walk, run, or like just go lift weights and somehow it helps. I had so many videos of you working out in the <laughs> office. I just was like, this isn't even like funny anymore. Like it's just, I look like I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> Ooh, another one. <laughs> well, we had a again. spin bike in the office. Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, this, like it, it kind of dovetails into a lot of this re- remote workforce stuff. And I think a lot of people, it's gone. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, I think you like if you're on a computer most of the time, if you're doing like kind of keyboard soft work, I think you really have to mix it up and make yourself go stretch or go for a walk or something. Cause like I could sit there for hours and do it. And then I find myself being miserable and it's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're humans. We're, we're mammals. You know, it's like, we're not really made to sit here like this and the standing desk is nice and everything, but it, it's not, doesn't really do it for me. It doesn't cut it. I mean, I can be in the office 10 hours. I mean, there's some days where if you let it slide, you literally wake up. It's dark outside on the East Coast, and then it's like 7 at night, and you literally haven't left this, I don't know, 200 by 200 room. And it's uh, it's tough on the mental, for sure. Yeah, and you're out of D.C., is that right? Yeah, I'm in D.C., been lifelong resident. Grew up right outside of D.C., um, it was well, obviously a lot worse then, but I've uh, been in the prop city proper last like 12 years. Well, you probably remember my dad. He played for the Washington Redskins 1975. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, one year under George Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember you telling me this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely to, remember uh, you telling me. It's my only, my only connection to D.C., really. And that in eighth grade yeah. field trip. Whoa. Yeah, that's when. Uh, oh, you you didn't go to D.C.? No. Team. I thought every like middle school goes to you go to dc at some point i didn't go but now i think i might not have been allowed to go or something why i don't i don't you got warrants no i got in trouble for something stupid i'm sure well now you can't now you have to i don't remember i don't remember honestly plead the fifth nice uh take it to the grave grave, i mean eighth grade is you know (laughs) 14 year old boy is one of the most dangerous things on the planet well you um you know I, you've uh, had an interesting LinkedIn feed. That's kind of how we reconnected because uh, you and another friend of mine are are really kind of doing real talk on LinkedIn, which is unusual. We consider this show a little bit of an anti-LinkedIn news feed um, because everything's so saccharine sweet and like polished. Very, yeah, very PC before even this PC movement kind of came back around. Do you remember in the 90s it was PC was like a big deal? 
And then right. it kind of disappeared. Now it's and back. It really wasn't even PC. <laughs> still <laughs> right. like, still awful. They're like, we still don't want gays to marry. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think that's that cool. Right. Um, so you know, one thing I, w- I was going through your feed, just going in the backlog of it, and you you weighed in on the Washington Commanders name. Mm. Um, now we we didn't have a subscription to the Biz Journal, so we couldn't read it. But uh, first three lines were amazing. <laughs> But what do you, how do you feel about the Washington Commanders? Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> as a fan of the team, and I, I mean, I grew up, right, first-generation immigrant, like, that was probably the one thing that really made me feel a part of the community, right, because dad was Pakistani, mom was Dutch, immigrated here. RFK Field? Three. Exactly. Nice. And so we grew up watching. Racial slur. Is somebody <laughs> yeah. other than you? <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, we grew up watching them, and so with uh, you know over the years since Snyder took over, it's been a you know it's been the worst owner in descent. history. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been a descent, and so with a name change, I think it was. And I mean, if you're talking about kind of just being safe, it was playing it safe, right? You're already in a ton of legal trouble as the owner. Um, you've got different lawsuits. You're kind of just a reprehensible human, and. Um, they went with something that I think wouldn't necessarily inspire the fan base, but it would make it more attractive to get a stadium out in Virginia. And I think that's what they did. They came up with commanders. That was pretty much my feedback, right? I mean, as a fan of the team, you would like a tie to something with the hogs or just something to the tradition in the past. And oh, yeah. Unfortunately, hogs, you know, unfortunately, cool, eh? Yeah, hogs yeah, have been great. Hogs. hogs. Uh, yeah, you'd have to ask. Uh, and so, yeah. Well, so that's where we're at. Yeah, Eric, Eric was just saying off mic when we were uh, right before we got on is like the teams are being very safe, and now we're just going to yeah. get these very vanilla names. Yeah. Cleveland it? Guardians. What are you yeah, guarding? That was weird. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to write a joke. We're all that defense. When that popped. I was like Guardians. It's no like offense. well, there's was it no legal dads. Nobody's Guardians. trying to invade Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Well, I, what was weird is I looked up that name because I was so interested in. The roller derby team this. came up. <laughs> Seattle, Seattle did a really good job, actually. They got a hockey team out there. Yeah. Kraken, I think. Yeah, that's cool. That was, like, just really cool. Like, a lot of thought behind it. The logo was intricate. We kind of just, you know, growing up, you would play, like, the off-brand Madden video games, you know, and there'd be, like, I don't know, the Commanders is like a, a is like a team that wasn't licensed. Right, uh, right. The Toledo Commanders. You know, like, yeah, yeah, they couldn't get the license, so it was the Commanders and you know, yeah, it's just and the Guardians is, probably. Man. Well, really, yeah, when you all changed from the Bullets, that's when it really st- that's that to me might be the when it started going downhill. Yeah, because it's like, With, well, yeah. we're going to really solve this crime problem, right? <laughs> I mean, I liked. I thought that was a cool name, Washington Bullets. The Bullets is awesome. Yeah. I don't think it, it was a good name. I don't think it had anything to do with guns. I think it was wasn't it more of like a no. A, I'm sure the person or something? who named the team was like oh, they're as fast as bullets, right, something like that. Not oh because the the murder rate's so high, we should be the bullets. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was just a victim of the times. Yeah, you know. I mean, that was things, like I, I I grew up around then. Like the city was just the wash and violence. So um, it just didn't look good at that point in time. I think they had talked about maybe changing it back. Um, there'd been, I don't know. There'd been talk about it. I think 
Um, I might have just done fake news, like I don't know. That, that might. <laughs> I do that true, too. That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I heard it, but I might have just made it up in the spot. In that case, um, don't worry. Maybe. Anything said on this show is under the guise of comedy, so nothing is. Um, yeah. There's right. no. Uh, you you don't have to say allegedly before anything, really. Yeah. I can uh, go on Rogan next if I'm spitting half truths, and <laughs> off we go. Well, uh, <laughs> let's go into B two B marketing stuff. What? Yeah. What have you? What uh, if anybody's listening? So this this show's really like, you know, we're trying to speak to anybody that's out there trying to do a side hustle or trying to get another career move going. Um, and B two B marketing is very, uh, let's say, I'd say it's harder to find out how to get into it until you're in it. Because um, yes, consumer base B two C like consumer base marketing you kind of get it because you're usually the target of it. But B2B is a whole different world. What are you seeing in that, that kind of uh, landscape that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I've been thinking a lot about this um, just because I've been talking about transition a lot. I, you know, a lot of people I know in B2B marketing, I follow on LinkedIn, I, I respect. They didn't start, you know, in marketing. You know, a lot of transition. So, um, just the theme of transition, I think, applies to B2B marketing in that, you know, the ways of the ways of B2B marketing five to six years ago um, has just changed so rapidly. And like I was telling you, five or six years ago, I had to reach out maybe to you or a vendor to get just advice, especially in a small team. Today, there's so many communities out there where you're able to go and get that advice. You can like you where? Know, get that advice. Uh, Rev Genius is one. I'm, I'm on that Slack channel bunch of smart people on there. Um, there's pay, there's paid um, like pavilion where you can almost um, take classes, take courses, get net- networked with a bunch of people. I would just say LinkedIn in general. If you just go in the LinkedIn search and follow whatever it may be, you can pretty much find out the best information. People are just giving away information for free. So to zoom out, um, I think B2B marketing is going through a change. It's going through a transition. Um, the days of requiring DNA blood tests for an ebook are that's not the way it is anymore. And I think the market will always be um, the commander of change, if I could use a commander nice. pun there. Um, and that's just what you're seeing, right? So I think you have a lot of opportunity to get into it and get smart really quickly. I think that's really the, a long-winded way of saying there's so much knowledge out there. If you are able to take that knowledge, apply it, test it, you know, I'm not just saying watch videos and talk to people, but actually start a side hustle, right? Um, a lot of people that I follow that are just big, Chris Walker is one of them, always talks about, you know, mastering something else on the side to up-level your skill set. Because once you've got that skill set, I think you're able to really do things differently in 2022 than you ever could before, right? Like you can just freelance, you can be completely mobile. And I think we're privileged in order to be able to do that. But um it's, I think it's an exciting time and just that there's a lot of change. I think the industry realizes there, there needs to be change. And I think a lot of people are open to um, really applying more of a B2C lens and B2B marketing. Meaning um, making it more personal on the end user side or making exactly. it so more just palatable tr- for, for the decision makers you know, you're targeting? There's always been this weird dichotomy in B2B marketing where um, – like people are like, my audience isn't on X, right? Look, 
here's the reality. Your audience isn't going to be on a trade journal website for longer than five minutes, right? Your audience is on LinkedIn. They're on TikTok. They're on Quora. They're in Reddit. They're in these communities. They're on Discord. And they're all active on those channels. So the notion that, you know, just because somebody's making a B2B purchase, that they're only consuming your information on, again, you know, trade publication, trade show, that's not really looking at the complete picture. And I think, you know, B2C has always done a good job of making things personal. And I do think B2B marketing is heading that way. Um, like one of those things is, it's just not asking for information when you're looking for the answer to a problem, you know? I mean, that would have been like me reaching out to you and you being like, hey, I want to work with you, but let me run a background check real quick, just even before I ask you the questions, right? It's completely, it, it doesn't even make sense. Well, it's like dating, right? I always thought of lead generation Dated. a little little bit the same way. Like, yes. you know, if I'm Can't talking to hear this. If I'm talking to a girl and she's like, let me run a background check on you, I'm like, okay. I mean, You've that, got a good nose for things, huh? I'd be like, that's fine. I have nothing to hide. I actually use that to my advantage as a value add. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You couldn't find me, could you? No, I got, I've got a list. I'm like, look, never had an STD, never been arrested, never put my hands on a woman. Uh, what, what, uh, what else? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a generous lover. No, uh, I just like saying that because I think it's gross. <laughs> I, I overheard a guy at a bar say that, that to a woman. Go, I'm a generous lover. <laughs> and I was like, no fucking way. That guy said that seriously. But, uh, you know, the B to B, like, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of things that if you're in the marketing world, those B to B to B to C, there's like, we can't do these personalized things in that in in the b2b world that you see in the consumer level and it's like why the in person is a person you know at the end of the day yeah a hundred percent and i mean it's you know i think i i even you know if you're in it so much you kind of get trapped in that mindset right and so on the agency side when you talk to clients you find yourself not recommending necessarily what you'd like to recommend, you almost get into this weird zone of just going with the flow. And I don't think that's good for anything. Right. So, um, you know what, one tactic I had, I don't know if you get these from the previous agency I was with where Eric is now still, uh, I get these, I get these LinkedIn messages from like this, like kind of hot chick that wrote the name of the agency on, on a whiteboard and said, Hey, we're, we want to get a conversation going with you. And I was like, Oh, well, that was a good try. At least it looks like you actually gave a shit to do take five minutes to do yeah, that. Yeah, they probably have a dry erase marker font. No, I know, but I was just in. like, ah, good for you. You know, like that's new. That's something yeah, I've never sure. seen. At least it looks like you look, you took that amount of time. It's not programmatic messaging. Yeah. You know, which is tricky. Sure. I think any personalized outreach goes a long way. I mean, I, I think for me, and I, I've been saying this a lot. Um, you know, if sales reps or SDRs reach out to me via email, I'm just not, it's not even that I don't want to answer. I just email is so transactional at this point, Mm -hmm. but that same person likes something I posted or they say, Hey, like we have this in common already. I'm in a much more open mind state to hear what they have to say. Right. There's actually a, um, there's a book, Culture Code, Daniel Coyle, and he talks about this social experiment where somebody asks for your phone and it's raining. People that just asked for the phone got the phone maybe, I don't know, 30% of the time. People that said, 
hey, I'm sorry about this rain or sucks that it's raining and then ask for the phone, it was like a 400% increase. So when I just think about, inter- when I think about interaction, like I just think about there's just being able to connect with somebody um, as authentically as possible on that first touch is really important. And so why you would do anything to put a boundary around that, um, I just think is, it's, it's idiotic, yeah. I think, at this point. I mean, it's, you know, it's people putting in effort, you know, they're using their energy in a way that, you know, they didn't have to. And there's, that's the same idea as like manners. Yeah. Like manner is saying please and thank you. The only reason it's nice is because you're going out of your way to say it. And at yeah. this point, you're going out of your way to do a handwritten note or you're going out, you know, where it's like you're not taking the easy way out. You're putting in a little bit of effort. You do have to worry about saying yes, ma'am to, to women now. Because I've said it to women and been clapped back, as they say. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a ma'am. You're an older lady. <laughs> like, what do you want? Prefer I, I just be like, yes, ma'am. And they're like, excuse me? And I'm like, what? Yes, sir. What is that? Like the N-word for De- ladies? Like, what? <laughs> Definitely a, a generational thing, I think. <laughs> well, look, we—I um, mean, we've been tricked by people and programmatic messages via LinkedIn. We just had a recent person come on that was like, "Yeah, that was uh, we." I had someone uh, right. ghost gross yeah. writing messages. I was yeah. like, "Well, they did a good job because they're like, hey, we really like the show.'" And I forgot to ask my follow-up question, which is always, "What episode did you like and why?" Right. And I just totally forgot to do that, and was like, oh, "We needed a guest." And uh, so fun. I mean, that actually. If you was listen a to person. that, if you listen to that one, that was a tough one. <laughs> that was a tough interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not taking anything away from her, but uh, that you know, the cannabis industry. <laughs> I thought we'd have a little bit more cush on that bone. Okay. <laughs> um, <Ugh. laughs> I saw you, you mentioned uh, books, a book you were just reading. I saw you post about the stack of books you read. Um, one of them was Traction, which we both, uh, wait, Traction wasn't the one, Scaling Up was the one we both read. Oh, yeah. Uh, Traction's another kind of, uh, scaling, scalability book. Um, uh, any, any advice on what to read? Just like there's a lot of stuff you can find, I want to kind of figure out if someone's trying to better themselves, how do you decipher between what's garbage and what's good? Yeah, man. I mean, I think for me, I try to center it around a few things getting older. Um, you know, one is obviously going to be around just business. Like I think as marketers, um, it's really easy to like immerse yourself in the world of marketing and everything marketing, but understanding just business in general and the forces that kind of drive business, right. From like a CEO or a COO perspective is so valuable. So that's why I kind of picked up traction. Um, again, that came through a recommendation. Um, you know, I'm big into any type of self-help books. So anything like, um, you know, around just controlling your emotion, emotional IQ, a lot of stoicism stuff. I wouldn't say I'm always great at it, but working at it. Um, for me, I use, a, you know, again, it's all for me. So much is network driven, right? Anybody in my network makes a recommendation. I'm just more apt to go for it. Um, Goodreads is good as well. If you have that app tied into Kindle and Amazon. But for me, a lot is definitely network driven and just, um, you know, I keep, I try to always be consuming knowledge. So, um, you know, I do follow like just business book, um, you know, top 10 lists, all that stuff, refresh it every couple months. There's usually something good in there. 
Yeah, I saw the. Uh, I love Ryan Holiday. He writes a lot about stoicism, um, and uh, you know, I. It, it's one of those things that it's philosophical. It's a lot, a lot of psychology and stuff. But that was the one that that stuck out. That uh, that I, I've read like a third of, then come back to it. Then like, is that what's that called? Is that fuck your feelings? No, but that's a good book title. Yeah, is that a real book? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. The, guy, the guy's first name is Ryan. I think that wrote it. Ryan Holiday's. Uh, I've heard him uh, interviewed on a couple different podcasts. That's how I got into him and talking about stoicism and Marcus Aurelius and uh, you know basically the way is through and it's not around and that's kind of that's my biggest kind of takeaway from a lot of stoicism philosophy. Any anything you've kind of you know. Uh, uh, sponged up from that kind of philosophy. Yeah. I mean, I think one is just trying to be, this is kind of tough to say because I'm not always so good at it, but just trying to, uh, for me, it's just think before acting. I think a lot of times we're moving so fast that something happens and immediately you just kind of go right into that emotion. Um, I've been trying to work on, Again, easier said than done, right? Um, but just taking some time to pause before uh, going into that next thought or that next emotion or that next reaction, um, you know, that, that's probably one that's kind of stuck out with me. I, loosely from that book, but just the idea of stoicism, right? Um, you kind of take things as they come um, and you don't get too high or low. Uh, I think in marketing... Mm, you know, sometimes it feels like you're only as good as your last fuck up is what I say, right? Because <laughs> um, sure, there's sure. just constant pressure, right? Especially in B2B, B2C. I mean, it's a metrics-driven industry. Uh, we don't even know if those metrics are right anymore. So, like I said, not trying to get too high with a victory and not trying to get too low with a loss and really just trying to stay even keel. I mean, I think as I get into my fourth decade, um, that's really try that's how I'm trying to live my life, especially when it comes to work. That's awesome. That's what I would have said too. That, that, that pause in between, uh, what is it? Uh, there's a word they use for it. action, not action, but like there's something that happens yeah. and you have that pause where you get to decide how you react. And it's really hard to take that millisecond to be like, wait a second. Yes, what, exactly. What because what you mean? don't want to happen is you don't want to end up on social media losing your shit over, right. I don't know, somebody wearing a mask in a target line. Because that's <laughs> right. your your whole life is gone, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just from a reaction. Canceled. You're canceled. Yeah. I mean, I re- yeah, I just, I remember my dad having road rage when I was growing up. Like, <laughs> he would have done that shit, man. Yeah. Pretty sure he would have been on social media somewhere. Right. I did not think that would have been good. Well, I mean, that's um, an extracurricular in Florida. Road rage used to be huge. Uh, like, wasn't it a bigger deal growing up? I feel like I saw guys getting out of trucks yeah, and stuff. I, don't know. I heard a story about it this morning. So, I, Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Like what? At work. What happened? There was some guy that, like, I don't remember what the guy did, but four other guys got out of their car and started whooping on his car and, like, <laughs> stopping traffic and stuff. So it's still out there. Yeah. Well, but, you know, yeah. um... Let those people in. Florida's in, Florida's you know. the second chance state for everybody. Everybody fucked up somewhere else, right, yeah. you know. Uh, so we're gonna get some of that. 
I feel like you were about to say something <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> it looked like you had a thought, taking, and then you took a pause. A, you took a pause. Like, don't yeah. say what you were going to say. What, say. Who wrote Fuck Your Feelings? Who was that book? Oh, oh yeah. Ryan Muncie was the guy's name. Muncie. <laughs> I've never yeah. read it. I don't know why. You said Ryan, so I thought it was the same guy. I think it's a stoic thing. Yeah, um, it sounds like it. It sounds like... I mean, the title alone is as stoic as it gets. Yeah, well, stoicism... Yeah, I mean... I always thought of sto like st you're a stoic person as the adjective. It, it's a yes, it, you know, but yeah. it's a little different it's in a the misnomer. philosophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stoic person is just bland. It's, if you're stoic, doesn't necessarily mean you don't have feelings. I feel like you yeah, just process them better, right? And, and it, show exactly. them better. Yeah, um, and it's not about it's about. Like we we hear we hear a lot of people on the show talk about you know getting out of that double talk or that that Self emotional talk. yeah that emotional based uh, logic and it's like yeah I mean that part of me bringing back to like working out sometimes if I am getting too like manic it, it would calm me down to make a better decision or like here's what I'm yes. gonna do. Instead of like fretting about it, mm -hmm. you get so exhausted you can't really. You ever like take a a yoga class that's like pretty intense, and then right after you're like, I I don't care about anything. Like right, <laughs> nothing yeah. nothing matters as yeah, much that, as I thought it did. Yeah. Um, that energy was going to be in your brain before, right? And that's really it. Like again, I've been in the agency world. This is thirteen years. Ten years before that, I was in restaurants, right? Bartender, waiter. Um, I think those are probably the two highest stress yeah. <laughs> industries. So I've been doing this for well, man twenty six years. And again, I think in my thirties, I used to deal with that in more unhealthy ways. Um, and I think as you get a little bit older, a little bit more grounded. You just don't want to be like that anymore, right? So I work out, you know, as much as I can, at least four or five times a week. I try to eat healthy. Um, I Look, I've tried meditating. It's not really for me, but I'd be breathing exercises, right? I go to therapy. Like, I do a lot of things, too, because I, I, lead, I lead a team now, right? And I don't want to – I mean, when you lead a team and you have – and it's not like I have a large team of hundreds of people, but the people underneath me, I want to make sure that I'm um, as whole as possible for them. So their experience under me is something that they can, you know, um, take with them to the next job. And, you know, hopefully I've impacted them in some way instead of you know, when I came into this industry. Again, we talk about things being different, man. No one cared about how much you were working or if your boss was yelling at you in 2008. I'm just being honest. With yeah. you, right. Like mm -hmm. I saw I saw some crazy things. Um and I would call those somewhat hostile work environments. So I want to circle um, back to that. <laughs> yeah, that's that, but that's the, and, and the a lot of digital is rough. And you're in, you're in uh, very much in the digital space. I mean, a lot of that we didn't know it really at the time, but it's very much in its infancy. Infancy. Uh, totally. We're. I know you're a Martech kind of uh, purveyor. Let's say. Uh, I yeah. Mean, uh, or surveyor. I don't know. I mean. The MarTech 5000, if you look at an infographic of just all the data out there, like Facebook and Google are small specs on that map. Uh, anything you see on that front, because that, that alone can give people anxiety if they really know what, what it is, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny. Yeah, MarTech. MarTech Day, I think, is next Tuesday, the 7th, and they're going to release the marketing technology. It'll probably be, I would, I would think, nine to 10,000 pieces of marketing technology software. Um, 
again, as the more I get into this stuff and I, you know, I've, the more I get into this stuff, I just have found myself going back to marketing principles, right? Sure. So like technology is great and technology can serve a lot. It can do a lot of good. You know, today I'm working with a client, you know, helping them with um, their sales and, and just marketing process. And how do we support that with technology to make things more efficient? That inherently is great. But what are the most important things there? The people in the process, right? The technology is just the mechanism. And so within that, technology, no matter how much it is, the more you get, this never solves problems, right? It's just, it usually adds to them and compounds them. So things like branding, um, positioning, um, understanding your customer through research, like these are bedrocks of marketing that have been around since Ogilvy was, you know, sipping a martini, right? Like it's, it's, I think what you're going to see in the next five to 10 years is, I think like at some point there's got to be a MarTech bubble that bursts, right? And I think you'll probably have some major players that continue to do well, but I think you're going to see a lot of these smaller, um, smaller solutions go by the, by the wayside. Cause honestly, I just don't think there's enough, especially if things slow down, right. With VC and things slow down, you know, God forbid recession, there's not even enough people usually on these teams to support all this technology. And so that helps increase burnout, right? Like one of the biggest things about solving your technology stack is not putting people in your organization in positions they don't want to be in. You don't want your event person having to run Salesforce. They didn't sign up for that. Right. right? Like, and I just think, yeah, five to 10 years, not as much marketing technology. I think a return to, I don't want to say like print ads, but Mad Men. the data, you know, data, the privacy is just going to get more stringent, right? Like, right. This, we this, saw it with Facebook advertising in February. Uh, Look what happened. We saw it with iOS 14. Yeah. Um, those are big. Apple Relay. Yep. Apple Relay now with email. Um, it's it's all there. And I just think we're going to have to get back to more tried and true forms of advertising, not being able to solve everything with attribution or um, technology. It just Because it, it usually doesn't solve anything. Well, what do you want to circle back to? Oh, oh. Uh, the hostile work environments. In the, in the yes. 2000s. Just give us a good story. Well, I mean, 08, we're dealing with right right, right when everything fell to shit. Right. The yeah, tensions I mean, were high. The stage is what, set. What I think, because, yeah, <laughs> well, I don't have one story. I just think it was, there. look, the pandemic, for better or for worse, changed the way the world views work, where we can work from, how much we want to work, do we give a shit about what we're doing right now, um, that wasn't around in 2008, right? And again, recession. Um, so I think at that point in time, it was more of a, it was an employer's market where now that's completely shifted on its head, right? It's in the white collar, right? that's even still a thing, in knowledge work, really the, and really you see it even in labor, right? I think it's more of a worker's market. And so within that, we start to define the rules, right? Like the market will, kind of demand the change that the market sees fit. And so now with remote work, I mean, six months ago, we were talking about, hey, well, people might now Airbnb just said, hey, everybody can work remote, right? And that's going to be a trickle-down effect. Whereas in the 2000s, you had to go into the office every day. If you work 12 to 20, I don't know, again, 12 to 14 hours, I mean, no one really cared, right? You're not going to go on LinkedIn and say, I'm in a hostile work environment. So 
Um, well, you also didn't know. You didn't really know. Didn't know. Like you just thought it's kind of a, an American attitude too. Is like you just you hustle, hustle culture. That whole thing started to yes. really rise, and you're a pussy yeah. if you bring it up. Yeah. You know. I wonder if all. anybody at Airbnb was like shit because they've been sleeping at the office and they're renting their house out of Airbnb. <laughs> and they're uh, like, I think we should. St- I think we should also go to the office. What do you guys think? You guys think we should stay in the rentals? Right. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we're going to have you back on soon. I think in June, we were talking about earlier via messages before this off air, but everybody who comes on the first time we ask them this question, what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Um, I would, it's a funny question. I would tell myself, yeah, you know, honestly, I would tell my advice. I would say, just stick with it. That's what I would tell myself. Um, I would say stick with it, stay consistent, and um, stay true to yourself. Those are probably the three things. Consistency, um, you know, staying true to yourself, your integrity, and everything's going to work out if you do that. Because I really do believe whatever energy you put out, um, as long as it's good and you work hard, good things happen. Things happen the way they're supposed to, right? Um, that's probably what I tell myself. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you, um, I feel like we just got a little bit of the onion on you peeled off. Um, we'll definitely have you back on soon. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Take it easy. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. See ya. All right, see ya. Bye-bye.